Coming up, the top three Diamondback storylines I'm watching as we enter the month of July. And who are the top four Cy Young candidates in each league? Breaking it all down, solo pod. Let's get it. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. For the YouTube audience, I'm sorry. I don't know why my Wi-Fi wants to be so wacky right now. I reset the modem. I'm just not getting good signal, so I already know for the YouTube audience, I'm sorry. I know the video is grainy. I'm hoping I'm not cutting in and out. Uh, it's just one of those days where the Wi-Fi does not want to cooperate with me, which is always very annoying because I want to put out good quality pods for you guys. And sometimes technology does not want to be your friend. So I'm sh- sorry for the YouTube audience. So if the video is not great, please check out Lockdown Dimebacks on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify. You guys know the deal. But I want to talk a little bit about the Cy Youngs. Usually I do those kind of... Uh, segments of power rankings type stuff the the more fun pods with like a guest like a Javi or Sully Baseball but I'm gonna go solo today and give you my Cy Young power rankings in segment number two and number three but I first want to discuss it's a Friday pod so a lot of times we do uh you know whenever we play a weekend series it's a Friday pod we do things we're watching for against that specific team that weekend but since we're entering a whole new month the month of July let's talk about storylines I'm gonna be keeping my eye on for the D-backs as we enter this month of July because I got I have three big things I'm really keeping my eye on, and I kind of touched touched upon them on yesterday's pod. And the first one I want to discuss is just the overall idea of player development getting better for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the month of July. And really, I'm keying in on Dalton Varsho because Dalton Varsho is coming off just one of the worst months of his career. He was arguably the worst everyday player the D-backs had in the month of June because Dalton Varsho, a 167, a 176, excuse excuse me, a 176 batting average with a 488 OPS in the month of June. He had 18 walks and hits combined, 18 compared to 22 strikeouts. So he had more strikeouts than walks and hits combined. Dalton Varsho in the month of June just didn't look confident. He was kind of moved all around the lineup just because he was struggling so much. Like there was a lot of games where Toy Lovello was batting Dalton Varsho like sixth or seventh in the lineup just because he hasn't been doing a ton for the D-backs recently at the top of the lineup and he's still dynamic. There's still things he can bring to this D-backs team when his bat's not working like that incredible defense because the D-backs really over the last two months have had one of the best defenses in baseball. I think their June statistics say they were like the fifth best defense according to defensive war in the entire sport so the D-backs defense has really been a strong point in this team over the last couple months you can look at Dalton Varsho is a huge reason why because when you have Alec Thomas in center field 
David Peralta in left field and Dalton Varsho in right field. That is a nasty three-headed defensive outfield. And Dalton Varsho can do so many things for the D-backs. If he gets on base, we know what kind of pressure he puts on the opposing defense with his legs. He can steal bases. He can go first or third or score from second pretty easily. But to do that, he's going to have to get on base. And that's something he has not been able to do at a high clip this month of June, whether it's um, based on balls, whether it's getting base hits. And we haven't really seen too much extra base power from Dalton Varsho either want to see him tap you know tap back into that power because um after Christian Walker I think Dalton Varsho is probably our second best power hitter on this D-back team like Keto Martin in 2019 at the 30 home runs but outside of that you haven't really seen too much over the fence power for Dalton Varsho I think Varsho could be a 2025 home run kind of a guy but we haven't seen it too much this season and he's still got time because if you look at his numbers last year First half of the season, Dalton Varsho was just not very good. But the second half of the year, legit played like an all-star. So I'm hoping the same can be said for Dalton Varsho in the second half. But again, there's other young guys that I want to see improve, like Paven Smith in the month of June, 167 average, 520 OPS. Maybe that's why I got confused because they're literally right next to each other um, on this MLB.com list that I'm looking at. Because Paven had a 167 average, Varsha had a 176 average in the month of June. Paven had the 520 OPS. Perdomo, 169 average, 540 OPS in the month of June. Carson Kelly, 167 average, 544 OPS in the month of June. Rojas, 216 average, 559 OPS in the month of June. Like, McCarthy and Hager were two of the three best D-backs in the month of June because they both batted over 300. Both of them had an OPS above 750. Like, Hager and McCarthy should not be two of your top three D-backs players. So we need some better internal development from a lot of these young guys. Alec Thomas wasn't terrible in the month of June, but he wasn't too good either. Now, let's talk about the second storyline I'm watching for the D-backs. I also talked about this yesterday, but who's going to emerge as one of those, uh, who's going to emerge as a rotation leader? Who's going to take over one of those open spots in the rotation? Because like we've mentioned yesterday, Humberto Cassiano, 60-day injured list. My roommate's cat is trying to come inside, messing with the door. You also got Zach Davies on the 15-day injured list. So there's just a lot of opportunity right now in this rotation for a young guy to step up. Maybe one of those quad A guys that we've discussed, like the Gilberts, the Corbett Martins. Or maybe we bring up somebody new, like uh, a Drew Jameson or a Ryan Nelson. Or maybe we just go with the veterans, like a Dallas Keiko or Luke Weaver. But I think the D-backs do need someone to step up in that rotation. I prefer to be someone young, like a Corbett Martin, paired with someone like a Ryan Nelson or a Drew Jameson, who we have haven't seen yet because like I said yesterday Dallas Keuchel I just don't think he has much left in the tank yeah it's cool that Brent Strom turned him into like a two-time Cy Young Award winner or one-time Cy Young Award winner but that was a few years ago Dallas Keuchel's in his mid-30s now I just don't think he's that effective anymore Luke Weaver he just hasn't been effective basically since 2019 I'm completely off the Luke Weaver bandwagon because if you guys are still holding on to Luke Weaver stock I'm proud of you because he's no Bitcoin guys like his stock is at an all-time low and I don't think it's coming back up like I believe in Bitcoin I think Bitcoin's coming back I don't think Carson Kelly is um I, I don't think he's crypto I was trying to think of a stock I could compare or excuse me Luke Weaver Carson Kelly I'm still I, I'm still holding out hope for Carson Kelly Luke Weaver I'm completely off the bandwagon but I'm hoping the D-backs put some young guys in that rotation. I, I think this D-backs team, especially with how they've been playing recently, they just need to keep injecting young life into, into this roster because I think that's been the biggest spark plug for this D-backs team. It seems like every time they call up a young guy, um, those first week, 
first two weeks, they seem to produce pretty well, like Perdomo, Josh Rojas, Buddy Kennedy. Um, when you think about all those guys, I mean, Jake McCarthy recently, whenever they come up for like a quick little stint, they've been pretty good. Obviously, guys like Perdomo and Rojas have been here a lot longer than just a little stint, but you look at those guys, those first couple weeks of them playing D-backs baseball, like they were really good. Rojas, those first week and a half when he came back, he was really good. So even Seth Beer at the start of the season started off really hot. So a lot of these young D-backs guys, Alec Thomas too when he first came up, a lot of these young D-backs guys when they first get injected to first get injected into the lineup they just add an immediate spark some immediate juice and i think the d-backs need more of that and i want to see more young talent on this team too many you know it kind of bleeds into my next topic because i think there's too many veterans on this roster and that leads into this next storyline that i want to discuss because who is going to increase their trade value as we get closer to the deadline because like I said, I want to see more young guys on this roster. I want them to inject that young life into this roster. And part of the way to do that is also unloading some veterans that you might have. Like, uh, I think David Peralta is probably a fan favorite. I don't think that's a crazy hot take to say, the freight train. But it's also on the final year of his deal. He's having an all right season. If he could get a little hot over the next couple of weeks with some at-bats, I could see the D-backs moving him. Madison Bumgarner, he's been very good, very effective this season. This is the only time where I've been pretty proud and pretty impressed with how Madison Bumgarner has looked on the mound, but he's still getting paid $20 million annually over the next two or three years. I would be fine to move off that contract as well if a contender wants him. There's a couple other guys. You could go with some bullpen guys like the Melansons of the world and the Ian Kendys if you want. Like, I would love to get Melanson off this team. Like, he just has not been that good this season. So there are some guys on this roster who I think could improve their trade value. Even some like Christian Walker wouldn't be insane if the D-backs decided to trade him. Um, just because, I, I mean, it wouldn't be insane. I wouldn't do if I was the D-backs because he's so cheap and you can control him. But it wouldn't be insane. I think a contender um, would want a guy like Christian Walker, arguably the best defensive first baseman in baseball, a home run hitter, a, a team that's missing some power in the middle of their order, I think would definitely trade for Christian Walker. I just think you're not getting much value back for Christian Walker. I'm more pro to trading David Peralta and Madison Bumgarner because they're a little bit older. Mad Bums owed a lot of money. David Peralta is like in his mid, entering his mid 30s. So he's a, he's, he's a little bit longer in the tooth. Christian Walker is still overall pretty young in his career, still very cheap. So I'm more pro to keeping Christian Walker and trading guys like a, like a David Peralta and Madison Bumgarner. But overall, I want to see how the D-backs, I want to see which D-backs increase their trade value as we get closer to the deadline. And if the D-backs continue to struggle. Expect them to definitely be sellers at that trade deadline with some of those veterans probably out the door like a David Peralta and a Madison Bumgarner. Now, we're going to discuss who have been the top Cy Young candidates in each league. But if you want to bet on who's going to win the Cy Young this season, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline Net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And I first want to start with the National League doing our Cy Young NL Power Rankings. We're doing the top four from each league. So let's start with number four in the National League. And I got Tony Gonsolin, which is a bit of a surprise because he might be the forgotten man in that Dodgers rotation. But Excuse me. He's having a pretty damn good season. He actually leads the National League in wins, which suddenly in baseball and I have talked a lot. The wins, that is probably the most meaningless stat in baseball, but it's still kind of cool. Tony Gonsolin, 9-0, leads the National League in that. So I'll give him credit for that because he has been good. Tony Gonsolin has an unbelievable unbelievable whip i want to make sure i got that correct an unbelievable whip it's like a 0.8 whip 0.9 whip he's been very good a 158 year ray and 74 innings pitch and he doesn't have um he hasn't pitched as much as the other guys i'm going to name as cy young candidates the 74 innings pitch is kind of low on this list but overall tony gonsolin i mean that 158 year ray he's been dominant d-backs fans i've seen it firsthand he's had a couple starts against the d-backs this year where he's really shut down the d-backs lineup so Tony Gonsolin, I believe he's number four in the Cy Young voting right now. But number three is the pitcher from the Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns, who is just a strikeout monster. He's already coming off. I think he was the Cy Young Award winner last year, if I remember correctly. And he was dominant last year, and his numbers are pretty much identical to what he did last season. I mean, he currently leads the NL in strikeouts. He's got a 2-4-1 ERA and 94 innings pitch. He's got a sub-1 whip as well. And... Eight strikeouts or more in nine of his 15 starts. Like I said, the man is a strikeout monster. He is leading that Milwaukee Brewers rotation, which is taking some hits this year because usually that rotation is the strength. And Corbin Burns still looks like Corbin Burns, but Freddie Peralta has been on the 60-day injured list. You also have Brandon Woodruff just not being as effective this year. Like Corbin Burns has has had to just shoulder a heavier load and really be perfect this year because you don't have those rotation guys behind you to really help you out like he normally does. A little bit more pressure on Corbin Burns this season, and he's responded indefinitely with more effective, positive pitching because the dude's an ace. He pitches like a stud, and right now he's number three in the Cy Young voting, but if he was to move to number two or potentially win the Cy Young award, I don't think it would be a shock to anyone, but right now we haven't got we're we're going to number two right now, but number one is a runaway early Cy Young favorite right now. But let's get to number two on my Cy Young voting list. And I got Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres. And Musgrove, I think, had just been phenomenal this year. I think this is by far the best season Joe Musgrove has ever put together. And he finally looks like He's always looked like a workhorse. Getting to 180, 200 innings hasn't been a problem for Joe Musgrove, but he didn't have that ace dominance with that workhorse mentality. He could get the innings, but he was usually around a 3-3, 3-5-year ready. He pitched more like a number two starter with a number one's mentality, but this season, Joe Musgrove has combined the mentality with the talent. 2-2-5 ERA, 92 innings pitch, a sub-1 whip, a 5-92 OPS against Joe Musgrove. He's gotten at least six innings pitched in every start and only one start with more than three earned runs this season. I think with Fernando Tatis on the bend, I think with Manny Machado now kind of banged up as well, Joe Musgrove is a huge reason why that D, why that Padres team has been so good this year because whenever Joe Musgrove has gone out there to pitch, the it, it's a quality start. Like I said, 
Joe Musgrove has not given up more than three earned runs all year. Like, it's pretty much a quality start. Every time Joe Musgrove goes out there on the mound, you know your team is going to be in the game. And that's very important because this Padres team, it's just not going to have the same high-octane offense without Fernando Tatis. Like, we've talked about a lot. We look up and down that Padres lineup. A lot of guys are not really having that great of seasons outside of Manny Machado. So having a starting pitcher like Joe Musgrove who goes out there every five days and you know is, good, and you know is giving you six innings, two earned runs, and just keeping you in the ball game you have to feel good as a Padres offense knowing that you just know hey if I get three or four runs today we'll probably win the game and for Joe Musgrove that's been true in most of his starts so Joe Musgrove is number two on my Cy Young candidate list but who is number one like I mentioned, this guy is a runaway favorite. There is no competition. There is no discussion. There is no debate for who should be number one in the Cy Young early, early voting portion of this uh, season. And that is Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins because he has been easily the best pitcher in the National League this season. 10 straight starts with 7 innings pitch or more. 10 straight starts with 7 innings pitch or more. He's only allowed more than 2 earned runs in one of those 10 starts. So he's just going out there. 7 innings, 2 earned runs, pretty much every start. And that is just straight dominance from Alcantara. And get this, he leads the National League in ERA, 1.95 Innings pitch, 115 ERA plus batters face he's faced 443 batters already hits per nine 6.2 hits per nine so at least the national league in was that one two three four five stats right now he's just been absolutely phenomenal for that marlins team who hasn't been that good this season but 115 innings pitch he's basically got i don't know that that's like Seriously, I mean, who's second? I, I, maybe I should do some quick research on who is second in the National League when it comes to innings pitch. Hold on. I think I could pull this up. Where is the innings pitch? Come on. Okay, here we go. Alcantara is at 115 innings pitch. Aaron Nola for the Phillies is second at 103 innings pitch. So he's basically got a start and a half's worth more of innings pitch under his belt than the second place guy in the National League. Did I say that correctly? Uh, that's crazy for Alcantara. That that if you're talking about workhorses, no one has been more of a workhorse than Alcantara this season. So because of that reason, because of all the categories he leads in in the National League and how good he's been so far for the Miami Marlins for the Miami Marlins this season, Alcantara is definitely the number one Cy Young candidate so far as we enter July. But who are the top Cy Young candidates in the American League? That's what I want to discuss next. But first, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects with our host, Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. To the podcast and let's wrap up the pod with doing our American League Cy Young candidates and number four on the list I got Garrett Cole and I really debated putting his teammate Nestor Cortez on this list but his numbers just weren't as good I mean his ERA is better than Garrett Cole's but he's got like 15 innings pitched less even Jameson Tyon um you can make a case 
could be a Cy Young candidate as well. The Yankees rotation has just been nasty so far um, this season. And Garrett Cole, I think, has been the best pitcher in that rotation because as good as Nessa Cortez has been, they're just a different level when Garrett Cole's on the mound, a different level of pressure he has to face. And I think he's responded pretty well because obviously he still has starts where he looks terrible. Like when Garrett Cole's bad, he's given up six or seven earned runs. But when Garrett Cole is on, it's usually seven innings, one earned run, and like 12 strikeouts. And Garrett Cole this season, two nine nine ERA, 87 innings pitch, double-digit strikeouts per nine. You know he's a strikeout artist. He's almost like the American League version of Corbin Burns. Uh, his whip is almost exactly one. Like, Garrett Cole does a great job of not allowing a lot of base hits, not um, allowing a lot of runners as well, like a 601 OPS against. Like, he's not just out there willy-nilly walking dudes left and right. And I think for this Yankees team, Garrett Cole – is looking like the dude that's getting paid on that's getting paid one of the fattest contracts in baseball. Like he's looking like a Cy Young candidate, and he's a big reason why that Yankees team is marching their way to the postseason and making a World Series run. Because like I've talked about with Sully Baseball, like outside of Stan and Judge, like that lineup really doesn't scare me. And I think that rotation is really what's been the strength with Cortez, Tyon, Montgomery, Cole, Severino, and I think Cole has been the ace and the workhorse of that rotation. Like he's paid to do and. I think he's responded in full this season after some struggles last year. So I really like what Garrett Cole's doing this year. He's number four on my Cy Young list. Number three, I got Alec Manoa, who has been the best Blue Jays pitcher, which maybe some people wouldn't have expected. I think some people would have predicted that before the season, but you could have also said Kevin Gosman. Like Kevin Gosman is going to be a Cy Young candidate too. He didn't make my top four, but he might, he was on my extended list of my top seven. Like Kevin Gosman's having a phenomenal season. I know Sully baseball before the season picked Jose Barrios to be the Cy Young award winner in the American league. Yes. Sully baseball made that pick. There's a preseason podcast where he did where he made that pick. And I think Barrios has almost a six ERA as we enter the month of July. So that's a terrible, pick by silly baseball no one let him know but um who was i just talking about i just lost my train of thought oh alec manoa he's been he's been phenomenal so far this season and he's been that best blue jays pitcher and with the blue jays offense starting the season slow manoa is a big reason why they were still able to win so many games because a 209 year right in 94 innings pitch he's even got more innings he's almost got a whole start more of innings pitch than a garrett cole a sub one whip Manoa has been nasty this year, 5.1% walk percentage. Like, Manoa just not allowing base runners, 575 OPS against. And he's been the best pitcher in a rotation, pretty loaded with pitchers. But I think a lot of people would have said he's the third best pitcher in that rotation. And, he, and Manoa is by far and away the best pitcher in that rotation. He's been an ace so far for that Blue Jays team. And I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially won a Cy Young Award. I don't know if it's going to happen this season, but I think in the next few years, we will see Manoa win a Cy Young Award. I think he's that good. And some uh, the guy who I'm about to mention is probably at the tail end of his career because number two on my list is Justin Verlander. So Manoa wants to win a Cy Young Award. Uh, someone like Verlander won't be in his way too much longer because Verlander is just an ageless wonder. Like He's like 38, 39 years old, and you just wouldn't tell. Like Verlander still looks like a dude who's 28 years old, and he pitches like a dude in his late 20s too because he is second in whip, .83 whip, a 203 ERA, and 97 innings pitch, even more innings pitch than Alec Manoa. And think about how how old Verlander is. Think about how he didn't pitch at 
all last season, and you wouldn't even expect it from Justin Verlander because he's been so dominant for the Houston Astros this year. His last 15 innings pitch for Justin Verlander came against both New York teams, and guess what? Only allowed one earned run against both New York teams in 15 innings pitch. Verlander is a strong Cy Young candidate. When at least seven innings pitch in five of his six June starts, he can still go deep into ball games. Like I said, 97 innings pitch this season. It, found, it seems like he found the fountain of youth. Justin Verlander has always been one of my favorite pitchers, and I was worried that after that most recent injury we've seen with him the last couple of years, or maybe his career was done. Like he was an old guy. He was getting like Tommy John surgery. Like I didn't think Justin Verlander had a second act in him, and I'm glad he's proven me wrong. Verlander, you are number two on my list. Who, and you have a strong possibility of winning the Cy Young Award. But ESPN has like this Cy Young predictor, and this next guy on the Cy Young predictor is number six on ESPN Cy Young predictor. But when you look at the numbers, he feels like the runaway favorite for the American League Cy Young, kind of like a Sandy Alcantara, because I don't know why I don't know why ESPN has him six, but Shane McClanahan probably should be number one on your Cy Young ballot entering July because he currently leads the American League in ERA 177, strikeouts 123, whip 0.832, strikeout to walk ratio, ERA plus, and hits per nine. Shane McClanahan has been absolutely nasty for the Tampa Bay Rays, and he has been a huge reason why they've been so dominant so far this year. He's got 91.1 innings pitch, so he's over 90 innings pitch. He's got more innings pitch than Garrett Cole, and I don't know why he's not seen as the runaway favorite for the Cy Young Award. His numbers are absolutely phenomenal. I think it might just be because he just doesn't have a bigger name value. Like this is his only this is only his second year in baseball. <coughs> Excuse me. He was a rookie last year, finished seventh in rookie of the year voting last year with a 3-4-3 ERA and 25 starts. Like, that's damn good as a rookie, double-digit strikeouts per nine. But this season, even better, 12.1 strikeouts per nine this season, a uh, a 1.6 walks per nine. Like, Shane McClanahan is a different dude. He's a different beast. And so far, I think he's been the runaway favorite in the American League, as the uh, I think he's been the runaway Cy Young candidate so far in the American League. I don't know I don't know why that phrase was so hard for me to say, but Shane McClanahan should be leading your Cy Young ballot entering the month of July. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Sorry to the YouTube audience because I'm sure the video is very grainy, so I apologize for that. But come back. Next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!